Hello, and welcome to another episode of Depend Explaining the podcast. I am Veronica. And I am Jen. Yes, you are. You are Jen. And (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to another episode. We took a hiatus last week for Thanksgiving. That was last week, right? Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yes, it was. It was. It feels like forever ago. Yeah. Jen and I were in the kitchen, super busy, cooking for our loved ones. Well, Mm -hmm. we were in each other's, not in each other's kitchen, in our own, each in our own kitchen from the other side of the world. Yes. Yeah. Cooking. Yeah. All day. All day. Every day. Do you start your prep like days before? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like I said, like I told you, I didn't make a whole, I didn't have to make a whole turkey. So I made pierogi and I did those over the weekend. Pierogi. They take a really long time to make, so... I'm waiting for my shipment to arrive of pierogi. Pierogi. I know. I got to find some, some dry ice or something, but, you know, who knows if the dry ice will last by the time, you know, UPS, USPS actually makes it out there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're kind of unreliable right now. I don't know. My father-in-law one time sent us, but we were in Montana, so he sent it from somewhere in California. Like steaks, I think they were like Omaha steaks or something like that, and it was like a few cuts of beef, and they arrived in like dry ice. I thought it was so weird. I was like, "This is mm-hmm. weird." It's like it was like a chest, like a styrofoam chest, and they just left it at the door. They were delicious, yeah. by the way. Very yummy. Oh, uh, those are really good. Yeah, very so yummy. good. Speaking of good, let's tell you how good it is to get emails from people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, we're waiting for your emails every day. Here we are waiting for you, listener, to email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, also rate us on your podcast listening platforms and subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. It really does help us with your feedback. Um, if you have any um, ideas, uh, stories, anything you want to share with us, we want to hear it. Yes, we do. Yeah. We want to hear it. We want to be inspired by you. Give us all your inputs, especially stories. You know how hard it is to find a story every week, you know? Yeah. I don't mind it, but I would like a listener recommendation again because those are fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's only hard because it's like military related and there's not that much out there. Like there's not... Not that there's not enough content, but the information is not available because it's sketchy. (laughs) That's the hardest part is just finding, like, all the information for it. And, yeah, the the, uh, hours of research that goes into just finding one story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's worth it. Because we get to tell it to you, and we also get to tell it to ourselves. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited to hear your story. Yeah, um, my story this week is really crazy. I'm here Just for it. Just a little. It's a little crazy. Um, but you can also find us on the Milso Muster app. We are uh, updated yes. on there. Weekly, when our podcast is out, uh, they're awesome. They put us up on their app you can subscribe to milso plus for 4.99 a month there are more podcasts coming out uh so keep an eye out for that and i mean she just got all kinds of good stuff for all military related military 
help, sort resources, uh, everything you could think of. So get at that app and download it. Yeah. Milso Muster and get Milso Muster Plus. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Did you put up your Christmas decorations yet? Yes. How exciting was oh that? Oh, my God. My husband, who's like Mr. Scrooge and is always <laughs> like, oh, we can't put anything up bef- uh, until after Thanksgiving, actually was fine with putting up the tree on Thanksgiving since oh, okay. um, we made food for some other people. Right. He was like, I guess we could put a tree up, you know, to kind of look festive. And I was like, yeah, you think? Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. Like, I don't put anything up related to Christmas. I don't listen to Christmas music. I don't watch Christmas movies before Thanksgiving. And I think it really mm-hmm. bothers my family. But it's at this point, I'm just too committed to it because it's a joke and I find it hilarious. But my son, <laughs> a few weeks ago, we were driving around the neighborhood and someone had inflatable Christmas decorations and he said oh look they already got everything and I said dude it's not it hasn't even been Thanksgiving yet and I was like you know what's wrong with those people it's like they're crazy I was like you can't trust them (laughs) you can't trust them (laughs) and he's like oh and then my daughter said later on said something about uh, putting up something for Christmas and he goes no mommy doesn't like to celebrate Christmas before Thanksgiving and I was like thank you this is true and he goes why can't we decorate for thanksgiving and i was like there really isn't any thanksgiving decorations out there other than like fall stuff and he's like we should have live turkeys (laughs) i was like okay (laughs) if you can get me a a live turkey let's go fill your house with the sound of turkeys Mm -hmm. gobbling all over the place yeah we were the ones gobbling all over the place that sounds fun yeah i made a lot of food (laughs) oh yeah you know what i think this year 2020 is just crazy and so you know whatever you want to do if you don't want to put up christmas stuff yet don't do it if you do you know do it do it when you want to because i know everything's crazy right now but my son was the same way we walked into the bx and um it hadn't been Thanksgiving yet, and we walked in, and they already had a whole bunch yeah. of Christmas stuff up. And he looks at me, and he's like, Mom, it's not even Thanksgiving. Why is there all the Christmas stuff out? And I was like, it's been out for a, a few weeks now. And he's like, well, we haven't even had Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. You're just like your father, I guess. <laughs> I just like Christmas because it just makes me happy. That's all. It just makes me very happy. No, absolutely. It makes me happy too. <laughs> that's all. I like the decorations too. I love it. They they're so they're so sweet and and I don't know, I really like mm-hmm. it. Um it's just I want to acknowledge every single holiday while yeah, it's happening. Separate all the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I know people's like it's like right after Halloween it's like Christmas. No. Thanksgiving I can't do that. and then continue on to Christmas. I was like, no no no, I don't like it. But I did hear um one of my friends that was from the Philippines had told me she's like, We put up our Christmas tree in September. Oh. And I was like, What? And she's like, Yeah, with the the burr months. That's what she said. Like burr, like September, October, November. Oh. December. Oh. She's like, that's when the Christmas tree goes up. So this is what my friend from the Philippines told me. I don't know if that's a thing with the entire culture or... But I thought that was cool. Like, if it's your... It's part of your culture. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Traditions. 
But, you know, they had Christmas stuff at the stores, like, before Halloween. <laughs> I know. They've had stuff up for forever. I mean, I swear, you, like, barely, they, he, the BX, they barely had Halloween stuff up for that long. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everything is gone and Christmas stuff is going in. And I was like, mm, it, yeah, we haven't even trick-or-treated yet. <laughs> Calm down. Next week, it'll, yeah, next week, it'll be Valentine's Day. Oh, my God, right. I know. Well, a quarter, I mean, pretty much, like, the BX year is, like, almost completely sold out of all Christmas stuff. Like, it's gone. Black really? Friday, oh, man, people are, people are oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. still, even with COVID, people are still crazy for their deal deals, quote-unquote deals. Now, right. I know some of you guys love your Black Friday deals, and that's totally fine, you know, to each their own. It's cool, but um, not everything is actually a deal when you look at it, so. No. That's all. No. But, you know, no, no. that's fine. But literally, our BX is, like, sold out of Christmas stuff. Like, I can't even hang. I can't. <laughs> we have half of our roof is covered in icicle lights because <laughs> I didn't get enough. <laughs> and oh, I can't even no. put any more up because they're gone. They're all gone. Oh, do you want me to send you some? Mine are just mine are about to go into storage. Um, yeah, we're not using them. Yeah, I mean, I would take them. them. There's one string, yeah, there's one string that has a little small section that's not lighting up. I don't know why. (laughs) We're, yeah, lights, right? They're great. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, we went to the Black Friday deal last week because uh, Kyle was off, so I was like, yeah, let's just go check it out. And the line was around the BX, and I was like, this is bananas. I was like, there better be good stuff. And we were standing there for, like, we stood there for, like, 20 minutes and maybe moved, like, 15 feet. Oh, man. And I was like, I I was like, no. I was like, let's just go home. So we went inside because they, like, sectioned the whole BX off, like, where, like, it was sectioned off where, like, people going in the BX and then people going to the food court. So we went into Starbucks and... We were standing there, and I could see inside the BX. On a regular day, there is more people inside the BX than there was during Black Friday. And I was like, what is going on? They're moving so slow. They weren't letting people in. Nobody was keeping social distancing in the line. And then so the line to get into the BX was right next to the line for uh, Starbucks. So I was like shoulder to shoulder with the people next to me. Yeah. And I was like, great. This guy gave me COVID. (laughs) (laughs) You pay for my coffee, sir. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, But so, so we left. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, there's really nothing in there that I want. The item that I wanted was going on sale on Saturday. Yeah. And then my neighbor went and picked it up for me because I was like, I don't want to go anywhere. Like on Saturday, I was like, I just want to lounge in my pajamas and eat pie. And that's what I did. But she got me two power banks because I was like, oh, man, the power banks are going to be half off. And I need two for our flight Mm -hmm. to our next duty station. And we have one. I was like, but I need some for the kids and their electronics and all that because it's going to be a long-ass flight. So, yeah, I was able to get those, and they were half off, so I saved, like, $60. It was awesome. Yeah, see, that's worth it. I know there's some, like, especially with electronics, you can you can seriously get some good deals on Black Friday. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not hating. Like, you can score some good stuff, but I'm just antisocial, and I hate being around crowds, so I don't go. <laughs> Same. I hate it. Yeah. I'm just, I don't want to deal with it. Like, just... Knowing that tomorrow I have the day off and I have to go down and to another shop and pick something up, I'm just like, Ugh, I don't mm-hmm. want to go. I don't want to 
long. I know. I got to go pick up my daughter a present, too, that I've been eyeing for a while. And I don't want to make the drive mm-hmm. to the BX, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the bigger BX that's here. Like, I just don't want to. I don't like people. Yeah. I know, right? I just don't like people. I know. <laughs> that's why we're here on this podcast, because... We don't uh, have to see, yeah, via, to see anyone. Via FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> we just get to see each other. Like, I like you. I can handle you. I'll, I I'll like hang you. Yeah. you any chance I get. Yeah. But, like, yeah, because we can talk about how we don't like people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't like exactly. Those That's what we do. <laughs> I know. Uh, all right, Jen. Okay, tell me your story. I can't wait to hear your story. It's exciting. Give me a moment. I have to get my thing out now. Oh, my back. I'm old. Oh, I was listening to Chris Watts tapes. Have you heard, have you listened to those? No, I watched the documentary on Netflix. The the Chris Watts tapes are really good, too. They also go on, like, the video you sent me to about from Bailey that does the whole, um. Oh, yeah, yeah. The makeup, the murder details. and makeup on Mondays. Yeah, and yeah. she goes into major details. It, that's what this one does too. It gives you, I think, it gives a little bit more info too. I don't know, but it's just insane. Do you think that the girlfriend was involved somehow? <sighs> without a doubt, I, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I think without a doubt, he was hiding, like covering her up more, so that she didn't get into trouble for mm-hmm. more than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more. She should have gotten in trouble for more. I mean, I know there's, like, crazy wild theories out there, but I do think she had a part in it. For the fact of, like, all the shit that she was Googling while they're dating, and she's like, oh, he's gonna leave his husband. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, why are you looking up wedding dresses? And why are you looking up stuff yeah. about being a mistress? Like, come on. Come on. Yeah. How much to Amber, Amber Fry or her net worth, how much Amber Fry's net worth is, which is Scott Peterson's mistress. Yeah. Yeah, but I have a different opinion on the Scott Peterson case. So I do too. You yeah, you opened my eyes because all I th- I know I only went with just what the media said. You know what they were yeah. saying, and then you opened my eyes and I listened to that crime junkie episode on it too, and I was like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. And then there's that Hulu documentary too, or a yes, documentary that's on right? Hulu, and I'm like. Yeah. Well, to me, it's the fact that his story has not changed, yeah, like at all, like at all. Everything from the detail of the episode, the Martha Stewart episode playing on TV, but the, the morning he left, yeah, to what she was doing, everything. Nothing has changed to where he made the anchors for the boat, and they're like, "Where's the extra concrete?" He's like, "I poured it out on the driveway or whatever," and sure enough, there it was. Yeah. And like people were like, "Oh, he was making anchors to sink her body right. or whatever." Yeah. And so everything was like plausible to them, but he has all these um, explanations for everything, and it hasn't changed. So I remember when they first caught him, and like his hair was dyed, and they're like, mm-hmm. "He had a fake." ID or something like that and all this money and he's like well I actually had that money because I had to pay it back to my so and so or whatever and the fake ID was actually my brother's actual mm-hmm. ID that I used to get into the country club to get a discount to go mm-hmm. golfing and he had dyed his hair because he was sick of the media attention yep. and I was like all that makes sense to me yeah I sure it sounds fishy of course but 
but it also makes sense. Like, yeah, when you're accused of murdering your wife, sure, dyeing your hair is probably not the smartest decision, but... Yeah, yeah. It still, it makes sense. I think it was just dumb luck. Yeah. And And then the media just blew it up. Yes. Like they like to do with everything, especially now. Yeah. But this Chris Watts guy, oh my god, I hope he gets what he deserves because... It was awful, 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 awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just and and him describing what he did, I'm like, oh my god, you, oh, he's a monster. He is. He's a monster that doesn't deserve the day of light anymore. Like, no, never, 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 never. Well, speaking of husbands who kill their spouses. Murder! I do, too, have a story of a husband killing their spouse. (laughs) Do tell me, Jen. I can't wait to hear this. It's kind of a big story. Um, A long story, I mean, not just, like, I'd never really heard of it. Um, I wish I had popcorn right now. I know. It (laughs) kind of includes, like, three other stories, but I just go into detail on the main story that I found. Okay. So... But I'll go into, we'll get on on it. All right. So I'm just labeling this as the Fort Bragg murders of 2002. So Fort Bragg is in North Carolina. It's a military installation of the United States Army. Um, And it's one of the largest military installations in the world with at the time of Wikipedia, Wikipedia has it, it was around 57,000 military personnel. It could be bigger now. I don't know. Um, mm, well. But that's what Wikipedia is telling me. Um, it's located within the Cumberland, Hoke, Harnett, and Moore counties, and it borders the towns of Fayetteville, Spring Lake, and Southern Pines. So there you go. <laughs> little geography. All right. Love geography. Yes. So starting around June 2002, four army wives were killed over a span of six weeks. Allegedly, four of them. Allegedly all by their husbands. Oh. Yes. So. Four different ones? Four different ones. Yes. But four different families. Four different families. All at, all at Fort Bragg. Um. Oh my God. Yeah. So the three, three of these, um, June 11th. Uh, June, on June 11, two days after Green Beret Sergeant R- Rigoberto Needs had come back from Afghanistan to deal with quote-unquote personal issues, he shot his wife, Teresa, and then himself in the bedroom of their brand new house, leaving behind a six-year-old daughter. Oh. Awful. On July 9th, Sergeant Cedric Griffin, an army cook, was accused of stabbing his wife, Marilyn, more than 70 times before setting her body on fire and leaving her and her two daughters, age six and two, to die in the trailer home. Now, his wife died, but I read in another article that the two daughters ended up escaping from the burning house. So, okay, I hope that's right. Um, again awful he um did not kill himself he is we'll get into that he did not die though oh yeah so there it says miraculously the little girls escaped they did they they escaped the house um and then july 23rd 
uh, Joan Shannon, the wife of an army major, murdered her sleeping husband, David, for his insurance money and benefits. That's Mm -hmm. nice. Her 15-year-old daughter is also being detained by authorities. Yeah. It was I that she had something to do that with that she it, had or? something to do with it. I read somewhere where she was the one like the wife coerced the daughter to kill he's the stepfather no. to her daughter, so oh. she had her no. kill him. Yeah. No. But the story that I have that I'm going to be centering on is the murder of Jennifer Wright. Really weird, I didn't really notice this, but yeah, Jennifer Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that too. That's a little too close to home. Okay. Um, Jennifer was from Mason, Ohio, and she was only 20 years old when she married her husband, Bill Wright, or William, but I'm going to call him Bill, in 1990. In 1998, Bill, Jennifer, and their three sons moved to Fort Bragg. Jennifer appeared to be the perfect Christian wife and mother, according to members of the Baptist Church, where Jennifer directed the children's choir. In 2002, Bill had been a career army man for 18 years. After 12 years of marriage, Jennifer, who was then 32, had begged her husband to leave the army, or at least not be gone away from home so much. Mm-hmm. But Bill said that he, it was just not possible for him. And we think about it, 2002, it's just after yes. 9-11. So shit is right. real everywhere. And so yes. especially I know like in the army, people were gone a lot. Uh, long deployments, gone often, mm-hmm. trainings, all kinds of stuff. I know that's hard. More but even areas. Yeah, even before that too... I guess he was gone a lot, too, um, not home a lot, you know, long days, all that stuff. And I understand that sucks. That is really hard on somebody. But that is the military way of life. I imagine, too, in 1990, it was, like, desert storm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, like, early 90s, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so there's been a lot of stuff going on in between, you know, in between the big Mm -hmm. times, so... It's understandable that he would be gone a lot. And, yeah, it's it sucks. I, that is really hard on somebody. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, again, it's their job. It's their duty. And they have to do what they signed up to do. But then there's also a, a line of being able to be home, too, or coming home mm-hmm. at a, a decent time if you're able to type of thing, too. And be home. Actually be home. Right. That, too. Like, yeah. you know. Being there for your family, being there for your wife kind mm-hmm. of stuff, too. So it's it's more than just the time that you're home. It's actually just, you know, the quality of it. Quality, yeah. yes. So Bill said that was just not possible for him to do. He was just, he was too into the Army, and that was just his thing. He was ready to go, you know, do what was necessary for the Army, and family is kind of on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So in February 2002, Bill left for training in Georgia, While Bill was gone, Jennifer was telling friends that they were getting a divorce, claiming Bill was the one who started it. After Bill came back from his training, things didn't seem to be any different, though. Bill and Jennifer were together, and it didn't seem like they were getting a divorce. They even had attended a 
a funeral together from a friend's husband who was deployed in Afghanistan, um, who was deployed and killed in Afghanistan. Um, just after a couple days after the funeral, Bill was sent on deployment to Afghanistan. So, you know, people are going to, you know, you're already in that state of mind of like, uh, sadness and grief for somebody else. And now here your husband, she already knew her husband was going on this deployment. Mm -hmm. But I think too, it's like that also in some way going to a funeral for somebody else's husband, I feel like would kind of you know, mess with your mind too. So absolutely. There's already kind of, you know, there's already tension and stuff with that. And so not long after he was gone on his deployment, Jennifer started dating the choir director of their church. Oh, but they were still married. Mm Mm-hmm. With permission from the pastor, of course. Excuse me? I don't think so. So I read some different articles. You know, there's a lot of different things coming out and whatnot and it sounded like she was claiming that they're getting a divorce and he was the one who started everything and then she had to she had to sign some papers or something about because he went and filed in florida and they're in north carolina and i don't know it was it was like weird stuff but she's claiming like they're separating they're divorcing all this stuff and so Mm. She talks to the pastor, and the pastor's like, sure, yeah, that's fine. You guys go ahead and date, but make sure you're chaperoned. Okay. <laughs> Not that she needed it to go you go out of her way and date somebody else. like. But that's I find that so strange that the pastor gave them his blessing. Like yeah. I'd be like, um, no, you need to sort this out first. Right. Sort out your feelings and then deal with it. But I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was her excuse. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Like, you know, we don't know exactly what was being said in there. And, you know, maybe she had, you know, maybe their situation was different. And I don't know. But, yes. She um, begins dating the choir director of her church. Um, a couple of months into his deployment, Bill runs into a church member of the church that Jennifer is attending, um, who informs mm-hmm. him that his wife is dating the choir director. So he's on, oh, he's in okay. Afghanistan and now he's hearing about his wife dating oh, no. somebody else. Yeah. That's but not the really good. said it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no. don't worry. The pastor said it was fine because yeah. it's fine. Because she, they asked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They asked for permission, so it should be fine. No big deal, right? (laughs) Still probably not a good situation to put yourself in. Like, I understand Mm -hmm. that these things happen, and we're grown-ups, and we make our choices, but um, it's probably not the best situation to be in. So, Bill Wright was then granted leave from his deployment to deal with his, quote-unquote, personal problems. Oh, okay. So, he was granted leave to come back home. Just after a couple months of being there, he wasn't there very long, Jennifer claimed to friends that Bill was setting her up. She claimed, like, I don't know what these claims were. I'm not sure, like, what, they didn't go into detail on what this whole setting up issue was. At the beginning of this article, I forgot to put this in here. The beginning of it, so by, like, I think beginning of 2002, beginning of the year 2002, Jennifer was getting letters sent to her, threatening letters sent to her 
um, stalking letters, you know, all these like scary things mm-hmm. um, being sent to her, telling her, I don't know what they first sent to her, but when she started dating the choir director, then she started getting more letters saying like, you better stop dating him, you know, threatening her oh. in ways so she would stop dating the choir director and she didn't know where they were coming from. So there we Mm. go. That's when Jennifer thought that her husband was setting her up. Oh, that he was sending her And he was the one sending these stalking letters. Okay. But we find out that these letters are not actually true. She's not actually receiving stalking letters. She's just claiming these things. And that doesn't really help a situation. I'm not, like, trying to be all negative with because she is a victim uh, at all. But that is not something you want to do is make accusations. Because she made these accusations and now her friend here, Sheila Harriman, is threatened to go report Bill for these threatening letters. Oh, so now her... her the friend is actually believing these lies that she's getting threatening letters. Yes. So the friend at first was believing, but then she finally, she finally learned that the, even the police didn't believe that Jennifer was getting any stalking letters. Mm. So she was going to go to have him arrested, but then she learned that the police did not believe that Jennifer was being stalked. And then, um, She goes, her friend goes to say that Jennifer reached out, you know, to the choir director, like went out, you know, was felt so, it felt so nice to be wanted. She, uh, she was saying she just wanted to be, she wanted attention. She wanted to feel wanted by somebody. She was extremely lonely and depressed. Um, she was a mom of three boys homeschooling them. So she was just home all the time, and she just kind of wanted somebody to appreciate her, you know, mm-hmm. be around. Something that different. was the biggest yeah. thing. Something different. Yeah, Something she wanted. Yeah, yeah, she wanted somebody there who would appreciate her and be around more often than her husband is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now the the um the pastor was was it like a civilian or were they like on base, like the pastor and the church? Um, the choir director. It doesn't say if the church is on or off base, but it's a Baptist church. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they would have referred to him as chaplain then. Yeah, yeah maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. But it doesn't say. I um, I didn't look to see if it was an on or off base. So I'm hoping okay. it's off base because my goodness. But um, yeah. So there are just. matters is still more than good. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So <laughs> her friends were understanding of her situation that she was just very lonely very miserable and depressed um just had no way to break out on her own you know she's been married 12 years now she's relied on her husband for all his help Mm -hmm. and everything she's not working she's home with the kids homeschooling so she just kind of started making up this fantasy in her head about being divorced from her husband and being able to get out and meet somebody else um they even said the strain of having um to stay having her stay in this unhappy marriage was just so great on her that she lost 20 pounds and stopped doing much of the kids homeschooling like she just couldn't put herself 
do it anymore. And she even stopped paying the bills. Oh, my. Which is not good because finances had often been a problem, especially when Bill would just take off, I guess. He would just... Definitely sounds like mental health issues. Yeah. So, apparently, he would just leave her there with the bill collectors calling and go on a mission. Like, he just... Finances would be bad and they'd be under and people would be calling and he leaves her with Mm -hmm. all that burden, basically. Sure. And so it was really tough on her. So she just really wanted somebody there to be there for her. And so she started reaching out. Um, So at this point, Bill's home from his deployment. He's trying everything possible to keep his marriage alive and not get a divorce. Because he does not want to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. But this guy who was just... Bill was a very... Known to be a very shy, quiet, non-drinker. Was now, according to Jennifer and what the neighbors said to their family members, was Bill was heavily drinking and would fly into rages and get very angry over very small things. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't normally just off the wall like that sure. it was said that he was like this once when he came back from a deployment in bosnia he would get a little okay. he would get angry over s- small things too ptsd yeah so um i'm thinking i mean this it doesn't say and we probably will never know but so between early may and the beginning of june of 2002 bill wright sent three emails to Tracy Quinn, the family readiness specialist at Fort Bragg. But family members say that Quinn did not respond. Quinn told Jennifer's family that she had intended to respond, but had just not done so. Special Forces Public Affairs Officer Carol Darby, however, said that although Quinn did not meet with Wright, she sent him a list of resources. Now, it wasn't released what his emails had said, but they pretty much were like a cry for help. They were just... They were in some way asking for help because of the stigma. They didn't want to directly mm-hmm. say that they need help. Yeah. But in some sort of way, he was able to say he needed help and right. nobody helped him, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate and definitely doesn't help mm-hmm. the situation. On Friday, June 28, 2002, Jennifer joined other women from her church for a scrapbooking party called Collective Memories. I've never heard of that one before. I'm I'm not a scrapbooker, but I don't know. No, Is but it's like those like ones? you can be you can be like a consultant and host parties yeah. type of thing. I remember the the stamping one. The one that sold stamps, do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. It was a big thing when I first became a uh, a military spouse and we would go to these parties i never bought anything i just went because there was drinking and food involved yeah <laughs> but they would have these really lovely stamps and they would make like greeting cards and stuff out of them greeting cards mostly yeah or like crafting for the children yeah and it was just all stamps like rubber stamps oh, wait. i can't remember what it was called yeah, it was it was neat, but I never bought anything. I don't even know if it's still going on. Probably, you know, all those MLM things like MLM companies. They last for a little like while that. and then they kind of die off. Yeah, there's a few of yeah. those that I remember going to that I don't think are around anymore. I remember going to uh, Pamper Chef mm-hmm. and Sensi parties, and I feel like those are still around. Yes. I am very faithful to the Sensi 
I think they uh, smell amazing. Oh, yeah. And I love their warmers. They're beautiful. Yes, they are. I just am cheap and I won't won't buy it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I find myself buying like BX brands. I know, right? (laughs) But I do like them. Yeah. And then they have like the leggings and uh, all those other ones that just want to rip you off, basically. Yes. Oh, I know. Exactly. So that's. I mean, I don't know if I ripped you off, but this is what we're talking about is an, M- an MLM called Creative Memories. Creative Memories. Yeah, so she went to this party, um, but her friend said that she didn't seem quite like herself. Like, she didn't seem so happy as she usually is. Okay. So she also stayed after the party to talk about becoming a Creative Memories consultant. Oh, Stating that she needed to get a job and earn extra money, but be able to stay home to homeschool her children. So, I mean, just like any military spouse, yeah. I mean, those yeah. that's what's most appealing to us. Because sometimes it's the only option. It's true, yes. So, she didn't have enough money for all of the startup costs um, in order to become a consultant, but mm-hmm. her friend... Still helped her out, got her going, and she promised that she would meet up with her the next day with the rest of the money. She also had plans to meet up with a friend for dinner and a movie also that Saturday. But neither the consultant or her friend saw her on that Saturday. Mm. So, according to police, Bill Wright entered the house about 7.30 on Saturday morning, June 29th seemingly to pick up some tools. His wife was still in bed. They began to argue about divorce, and within minutes, Bill picked up a baseball bat and struck her in the head. Oh, my God. Their oldest son, Ben, came to the closed door of the bedroom, but his father told him that his mother had a headache and that he should leave. Oh, my God. Terrible. Um, According to Cumberland County Sheriff's Department, it is unclear... Where the other children were in the small house that the couple had just purchased only a year ago. Mm. So we're not sure about the other two kids where they were, but hopefully not listening to that. What what time of day was this again? It was right in the morning. Okay. Right in the morning of Saturday. So that Saturday that she's supposed to go out and meet a couple of people, she didn't. Yeah, yeah. So three weeks later, Wright confessed to police that after clubbing his wife with a baseball bat, he had strangled her. He wrapped her body in his parachute recovery bag and buried her in a wooded area bordering Fort Bragg, where he had sometimes oh. gone squirrel hunting. That's great. <laughs> that's great. So at least he knows the area well, huh? Oh, that's nice. He returned home in the afternoon and took his boys fishing. So, like, nothing oh, happened. just like that. Yep. He just goes and kills his wife, buries her, comes back. Hey, let's go fishing. On Sunday morning, which was his 36th birthday, he swerved off the side of the road in Jennifer's 2002 Mitsubishi Montero SUV, blew a tire, and plowed into a pine tree. He totaled the car, but he escaped unhurt. I wonder if he was trying to kill himself. Right? I don't know if, like, the tire blowout was the one made him swerve, but yeah, right? It Mm -hmm. doesn't... It seems a little weird being the very next day. Mm Mm-hmm. Then on Monday, he called the police to report his wife missing, adding that it was not the first time she had taken off. Like, really? Oh. Really? Yeah. According to close friends, Bill just didn't really act normal or the way they knew him to be. He would change the subject if a friend asked about his missing wife. Um, But on July 19th, 
Bill showed officers where he had buried his wife's body. Uh, sheriff's investigators concluded that Jennifer had been hit over the head and strangled to death. And Bill had buried her body in a shallow grave in a field near Fayetteville. Bill was charged with first-degree murder and was being held in jail without bond. On March 23rd, 2003, Bill Wright hung himself in his jail cell. Mm -hmm. So nothing even happened. He didn't even go through... He didn't go through anything. So it makes me think that the accident was not an accident. Right. For him crashing the car. Right? Exactly. I mean, after yeah. what he did in jail. So, I mean, you, yeah, could, yeah. you could come to an opinion like that. Yeah. Um, a lot was speculated on what happened to Wright for him and the four other soldiers. Well, three other soldiers who killed their spouses um, and along with themselves. Some say it was anti-malaria pills and that they had to take while they were in Afghanistan. Now, only, at least what I saw, it was only these three men who went on, like, psychotic episodes and killed their wives after taking these Mm -hmm. anti-malaria pills. Um, I guess they do have a, they said they had a side effect of psychotic episodes. Okay. I don't know if they just took it on Mondays and Wednesdays because they call them, they said like they would give the names of Manic Mondays and Wild Wednesdays. So oh. I don't know if that's what that means that they get to take them only on those days. I don't know. Oh, but weird. Yes. Yeah, so Wright and two other soldiers killed their wives and then ultimately killed themselves. Some Two of them were on the same day. But Sergeant Cedric Griffin, who stabbed his wife to death and then set the house on fire, faced the death sentence in North Carolina if he was convicted of stabbing his wife to death. But uh, according to an article, he pled guilty to murdering his wife, Marilyn Griffin, and is serving a life sentence in the central prison in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that he has not you know, done the rest. Oh, God, I just don't know. Like, reading about all of these cases that happened in just a short span of time is just, it all seemed, I don't know their background, but it they were all arguing over marital problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with, like, that and then the mix of, like, being deployed to Afghanistan and PTSD and not being able to talk to anyone about it. You know, the stigma of the whole, you know, don't talk because then you'll get your security clearance taken away, all that stuff. Um, Yeah, it's it's the combination of the the distance and the strain it puts on a marriage. On top of that, adding PTSD and then possibly the reintegration phase of the deployment it can all just explode in your face if you don't know how to navigate it. Um, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it was a roller coaster of emotions just thinking and reading all this right. stuff about them. I like I couldn't even imagine. I can't imagine like what goes on in their brain, and like it makes me like what they what they did was sick and terrible, and nobody should that should never happen to anyone. But, like, you know, we don't know what's going on in their brains, the things that they've seen, and 
how yeah. their brain is now changed from all the stuff that they've gone through. Maybe it was something to do with malaria pills, too. Maybe that has something to do and it affects the chemicals of the brain or... Right, yeah. You, do, you know, I don't know. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not, a, I'm not saying it is, but I have strong opinions that that probably didn't help the situation either right yeah yeah no it's totally totally plausible i think it's like you take all these medications in order to prevent something what is the proof that it's not going to change your composition like your like in your brain like the chemical right yeah and then you're giving these these uh, you're issuing out the, this this medication to people not knowing how they're going to react. Yeah. You're handing it out to those that are trained for combat. Yes. Yes. Like this this is not a good combination. No. No, not at all. Like that that's the biggest thing is like you're just especially I just feel like especially during that time too, you know, it, right after I mean it was right after 9/11. It started in the beginning of 2002 and so it's like not even right. a year later and you know that people have seen some serious crazy things and have been trained to do yeah. some crazy things so that will mess yeah. you up like that will mess with your brain and if you don't get any help yes. any release any yeah. venting from that like that's not good yeah. like your body your body can take certain things your body can perform a certain way under pressure and under certain circumstances however it the things that you see and you have to do no matter how well you did it and how well you performed when having to do it or how you reacted, those things are forever engraved into your brain. Right. And if you don't have a if you don't have the proper outlets for it, it's it's gonna build up and it's just gonna, you know, explode in your face later on. And uh, there's there's ways to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree totally. It's rough. Yeah. Reading those, when I saw it was like four people killed in a span of six weeks, and I was like, what is going on? Again, and um, so Fort Bragg has a very big list also. Just like, um, well, shoot, what's the other one in Texas? Fort Hood. There we go. Fort Hood. It has yeah. a very long list, like Fort Hood does as well, with like deaths and just, yeah. you know, a lot of craziness going on. Because those are two... Two huge bases. So, I mean, how can you really control everything right? that happens That's, there? And so, I know yeah. that, I mean, you can only have so like many people. Fall through the cracks. Yes, exactly. Yeah, people it's, fall through the cracks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're too, too worried to say anything. It's so sad because it's like, I had this conversation kind of with my husband a few months ago. It's like the people that are, that have he mental health issues should not be serving in the military, right? Because you need them at their tip-top best. Yeah. Um, physically, mentally. Right. But there are the individuals that want to keep serving. They want to keep serving, and they don't want to be let go because of this mental health stigma. Mm -hmm. And so now you're, you know, and they hide it, and they hide it well. And then we have later on incidents like this, yeah. or, you know, and or not as bad as this, obviously. But, but still, it's like... Things will result if you don't address this right. properly through the proper channel. Exactly. And the military is there to help. Like, they will help you. You might not end up being in the military later on. You might end up, you know, being discharged. But they can provide you with the resources that will help you this with this. And um, insurance covers it, too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. 
Don't be afraid to go get help. It's okay to ask for help. It is okay <laughs> to ask for help. Yeah. I mean, I see both sides of, of it. It's like if, if I say anything, how is this, especially like from myself, for as a dependent, I have no affiliation with the military other than I'm married to an active duty member. Um, but if I go ask for mental health, how is that going to affect my husband's career? Right. Because it will. Exactly. I mean, we had a freaking allergy referral from my son pending, and we were denied our our um, the travel to our next base. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was really upsetting. That was really, really upsetting. It's like, this was just for a referral. Yeah. For an allergy referral that was pending. Yeah. Then we got it sorted out because my son doesn't need to see an allergist. It was all sorted out. But still, it was like, I can't believe this is going to prevent my husband from going to his next duty station that's probably going to better his career in the long run. And, you know, it's just a different environment altogether. So that kind of stuff is is what really makes me mad. But then you have the other people that really need the mental help and they, they just can't get it and they, they won't get it. Yeah. It's just like, what is that saying? Like a double-edged, double-edged... Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's it's a, a catch-22. It is. It's so it's it's yeah. so terrible because, you know, everyone's always like, make sure you take care of your mental health, do all this stuff. And then at the same time, you're like, I really want to, but also I don't want to, like, hinder going somewhere because I know that I'm, like, right. I'm okay, but I could use a little help, you know, just to, yeah. you know, just to balance it out. You know, I know I'm fine, but yeah. it's also, but like, because you don't know what... Like, what if they refer you to something mm-hmm. like, oh, you? it sounds like you need some extra help, so we got to refer yeah. you. And, and yeah, I know. It sucks. It sounds like you just need a change of scene. Yeah. That could be another factor. Yeah. I've had that true. happen to me where arriving at one place and I was super depressed. I, didn't, I wasn't enjoying myself. It was really hard to make friends. I was a new mother. It was not fun. And I went to seek help with the counselor, and I just needed a change of scene. And it got better. I feel fine now. Yeah. I've never had to use medication or anything, so it's been great. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is that all to your story? That's all my story. That is a crazy story, Jen. I can't believe he, like, offed himself like that. Like, it took the easy way out. I think At least he did confess what he had done and where she was. But... Right. Exactly. The yeah, others, still... The other two that did it as well, I mean, they did it at the same time, and so... But still, like, I'm just thinking, too, like, they, those ones that, you know, killed their wives and then committed suicide, um, you know, you're leaving behind children, mm-hmm. too. Like, how can you, yeah. can you be okay with that? Like, that's just so upsetting. And But yeah. it also makes me so sad because I'm like, I can't imagine what's going on in their brain to want them to, to mm-hmm. do that, too. And so it was very yeah. sad and a really hard one to hear. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. Get help, people. Yes. Get help. Don't let it come to this. No. And if you know somebody that is going through something that could lead to this, oh my gosh, please step in. Get them help. Yes. We've seen enough. Right away. Right away before it gets too late. So, yes. All right. So, what do you got for us? So, you touched on family readiness, and I actually want to talk about that because they are chock full of stuff that can help people out. So I wanted to talk about that. Um, Family readiness is pretty much the same across the board with all branches of the military. 
it's an organization and it's comprised of like different programs and they all have the same intention of helping the active duty member and or their families as well. So they help with mobility and deployment. Um, this is for the active duty member that's going on deployment uh, as well as for like the families having to stay behind and they help you adjust to like all the phases of a deployment. So they provide you with resources for that. Um, another one is relocation assistance. This is a great stop to make prior to your next PCS or once you've like arrived at your next location and they'll provide you with information related to your new location like education and moving cost, housing, spouse employment and orientation like as a newcomer. I know when we arrived here the newcomer orientation was really helpful to me just because we're in a different country and providing me with all the information I need to know as far as like do I want my children to attend like school on base or off base, um, some of the customs of the country, stuff like that, which I think is super helpful. Oh, by the way, I, I got all my information on Military One Source, so, and from my brain, from stuff that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Things you know. Yeah, and it, this is pretty short, but it's just like, just kind of give you an overall feel of what they do. Uh, they also help with like personal financial management. This service provides you with like tools to better manage your finances, budgeting, debt management, uh, retirement planning as well, and like saving and um, saving and investing counseling if you want to go that route and in investing in something. So I highly recommend this for new airmen. I'm sorry, not airmen, young newly to the military world uh just so you can get so you know how to spend your money because it's like if you're coming from your parents house uh, or your you know with your guardians that took care of everything and now you have this money and it's like hell yeah i'm gonna go buy a new car and i'm gonna buy these really expensive shoes mm -hmm. it's like no no you're gonna ruin your credit you're gonna ruin your credit and then just to help you with that, or for like newly married couples as well, you know, how to help balance your budgets and take care of finances like that and pay bills and all that, because all of that's fucking new. And it's, it could be a little overwhelming at times. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, spouse education and career services. This is to help you navigate education options and opportunities. This can include like education and training, employment readiness assistance, and employment connections. So I really like this option. I actually dealt with them not too long ago. I was able to get like a scholarship for a certification in my career field. So this is great opportunities for that and they can give you a list of um, available education centers uh, near you. A lot of times they're already on base, but if you want to go out, that is also provided as well. Family life education. So this program provides you with resources to help you maintain a healthy relationship, basically. Um, emergency family assistance. Uh, this is a service that promotes short and long-term recovery and the return to a stable environment after an emergency. Um, I imagine this, I couldn't get much information on this from the military one source, but from what I think is that they, in case of an emergency, they can help you, like if you have to fly out somewhere to see your family uh, as an emergency, they can help you with that, um, as well as like coming back and uh, coping with whatever it was that you had to go through. 
um, domestic abuse prevention and response services. So this is like the family life education. I think this is kind of should be lumped in there together is to help promote a healthy and safe intimate relationship and address and reduce the occurrence of domestic abuse. <laughs> uh, how about we just stop the domestic abuse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe just stop just it that. completely. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe find a healthy outlet for this. Yeah, like find punching some other bags. way besides yeah. punching a person. You could or murdering your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do another that. healthy Murders way bad. that won't put you in jail for forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, new new parent support <laughs> as well because parenting is fucking hard from day yes. one, right, Jen? Am yes. I right? Yes. No matter what age you are, no, it is hard. No, it's, um, it's not easy to navigate, and then throw no. in military life mm. and continue to navigate these children that are just growing up with your same attitude <laughs> it's like yeah. don't talk back to me like that because that's how i talk yeah, <laughs> yeah. um does service and it and it helps you to adapt to like all the changes that come with becoming a parent for the first time like i said it's not easy so they offer like classes, books, and other written material on parenting. They can also tell you if there's like any activities on the installation that like a new parent could benefit from. So like play play groups, mommy groups that get together. Mm-hmm. You know, you have those organizations that do like the stroller fit club. Or yeah. Whatever. They can also provide you with a list of that. They may not have put it together, but they have the information for it. Um, child abuse prevention and response services, uh, service that help promote positive parent-child relationships. So they, you walk in and they, they give you a case of wine. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is, this is great. I mean, if you have like, I can imagine it, like if you have like an older child, like a teenager and it's just like, it's not easy. No. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're yeah. there for to help and. It's, I mean, if you have any kind of, you know, any child who's just more, some children are just more difficult and it's yeah. not because of any way. They just are difficult and that puts a lot of stress on a parent and mm-hmm. that is they're there to help you manage all of that and find resources yeah. to help you figure out what to do you know so it doesn't lead yeah on how to like talk to your child right yeah finding other outlets to you know talk to your kid and help and help you you know get through the stress of it too and so it doesn't end up leading to Mm -hmm. something that's not good at all yeah um also efmp this is a non-clinical case management they provide you with assistance related to exceptional family member program enrollment and assignment and coordination process. So they're not there to help you with the issue in place, I guess. It's more like they tell you the things going on uh, that could that you could benefit from mm, okay. for yeah. the EFMP. Um, but they also, like I said, they help you with the enrollment which I didn't know until the other day we were doing our uh, part of our check, uh, checkout list 
or out processing to check mm-hmm. out and we called there and they were like oh you want me we actually wanted to know what the status on our appeal was and we had to go through mp and they were like oh do you just want to um out process and my husband's like sure so he's like okay you're all done <laughs> we're like okay <laughs> so yeah because you know you have to out process through everything in the military even though you don't deal with anything yeah library card yeah the vet clinic i was like i don't even have a pet why do I have to have process from the vet clinic? Right. Yeah. It's funny. It's silly. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so non-medical individual and family counseling. So it's a short-term confidential non-medical counseling services to address topics related to personal growth and positive functioning. So this is probably a route people take for mental health help because it is... Um, confidential right so that's probably where um what was his name right mm-hmm. what was his first name bill bill yes this is probably where bill tried to get some sort of help maybe they weren't able to help him or he just fell through the cracks mm-hmm. yep so also transition assistance the service that help prepare a service member and their families to enter the civilian world so when you've been in for you know, that many years. <laughs> I say anything after 10 years, it's like really weird. Yeah. So they help you transition into the civilian civilian world. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. My husband's been in for 15 years. It's going to be weird, right? Yeah. What do they do out there in the world? <laughs> yeah, what, what do they do out, out in the real world? Yeah. What do you all do out there now? I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys also move around every four years? <laughs> Is that not a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, when does your husband get deployed? Oh, they don't get deployed. Okay. Oh, they don't go anywhere ever? Oh, sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the national anthem's playing at 530. Everybody stand around with your right hand over your heart. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen? No. We're not required to do that. (laughs) Pull over to the side of the road if you're driving while it's going off? No? Okay. Yeah. How do we know what people's ranks are i don't i don't know who to salute or not exactly where where's (laughs) your stripes i I can't see them (laughs) where do you rank in the civilian world (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, um so yeah they can help you with all that um information and referral this is just a way to help you better understand and become familiar with the range of services that are available to you through the family readiness center so, like I said, this installation is for everyone, every branch. Um, it doesn't matter where, like, you know, you could be Army on an Air Force base. They are there to help you. It doesn't matter who you are. And this also, like I said, extends to family that is not on the installation with the active duty service member. So you can be, like, a mom of, you know, a, a young soldier and you want some information, you can also reach out and they can help you with this. So you can contact them by phone or email if you can't get on base to get, you know, this information. So, um, or a lot of times there, you can go through like their Facebook page as well. So just a quick Google search with the name of the, of like your active duty member's location and or their installation and it'll yield you with their contact info but it's there for everybody and it's got great resources i know the one here is very active here in the uk where we're at where i'm at um is very active and they are they constantly put out stuff for your benefit and they also do activities they'll do like uh 
like a trivia night or like movie nights. So stuff like that. Um, they're there to serve you. It's just a it's just a big network of groups that come together to make quality of life in the military a little bit better for everybody. So yeah, I just thought I would put that out. Um, if you guys have any questions of your next installation, you can always reach out to them and they can provide you with info or us. We can do it for you too. We can. We're good at that. We yeah. can find the things and tell you too. Yeah. We're good at finding the things. Chances are we've already been there. <laughs> it's true. There's a lot. I always want to say when I see people asking about certain places I've been, I'm like, oh, I can tell you about that. Or like when somebody asks yeah. about a base that, you know, one of our base highlights, I'm like, oh, listen to this episode. We tell you all about that base. Yeah. Yeah. We, we tell you all about info. it. That's all. Uh, my daughter this morning was like, I've been moving this stupid fucking elf on a shelf. Even though I told him it got COVID and didn't make it. Um, <laughs> and I told my son that a moose ate it and he died. <laughs> they didn't believe me. Anyways, I've been moving it around. And yesterday I forgot and I went to wake her up and she's like, I wonder if it moved. And I was like, I don't know. And I like ran downstairs really fast and I had forgotten to move it. And I just threw it in the washing machine. <laughs> I threw it in the washing machine, and she was, like, looking for it, and she couldn't find it. And I was like, well, it's reindeers on top of the washing machine, so maybe it's doing laundry. And she's like, oh, there it is. And I was like, oh, no, now I can't do laundry because I can't touch it. <laughs> that's why I told Kyle, and he's like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I seriously did it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just saved it in there. Cool. Um, But, yeah, and then so I moved it again this morning, and it's tangled in our Christmas lights. And... She said, I was doing her hair in our room, and she goes, what if it came into your room and sat on top of your uh, this decoration that I have over our bed? And I was like, I'm a light sleeper. I think I would wake up. She's like, no, it puts a secret magic sleeping dust on you. Oh. It's like, sounds rapey. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't really want to get murdered by my elf on the shelf, but thanks. I know, right? Yeah. Stupid elf on the shelf. I'll probably forget next week. We'll all be over it by then. Yeah. Just... Do you do that with your kids? No, we don't have an elf on the shelf. Good for you. I refused. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I can't commit to moving something 25 days in a row. Yeah. Or even remember. I, it's, I can't remember to do that. That's my problem. That's what it is. Yeah, I can't remember because it's. I don't know. I just don't think about it in the morning. The first thing I think about in the morning is getting that cup of coffee down my throat. Yes. Give me the caffeine. Yeah. yeah. I come downstairs with my eyes still closed and I brew my coffee with my eyes still closed. Yeah. yeah. You have to. Give me the caffeine, then I can do the things. So. Yes. Yeah. And I'll do it with a smile on my exactly. face. Exactly. I'm much happier <laughs> once I have that first sip of coffee. I'm much happier to talk to. Mm-hmm. All right, Jen. Well, that's all I have for you today. Your story was awesome. Thank you. It was crazy, as always. <laughs> have to. Jen is getting tired. She needs to go to bed, you guys. I know, again. But you should still email her. Yeah. At dependesplaining at gmail.com. Yes. Or just, you know, use social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Rate us on your listening platforms. Leave us five stars. We like those. All the five stars you can give us. We do. Um, yeah. And send in your suggestions, comments, anything. We'll read them. Yeah. If you want a shout out, 
give you one of those too. Your Christmas list. Christmas Let me know what you're asking for for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas Why? list. I'll send you something from the UK. Yeah. Want some spotted dick? I'll send you some spotted <laughs> dick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite delicious, guys, actually. It's quite delicious. It's a little, it's a little raisiny, too raisiny for me. I don't know. Sticky toffee pudding, that's where it's at. Sticky toffee I'm pudding. So, yeah, you can't go I'm wrong with so that glad, one. Yeah, I'm so glad I learned how to make that. I love sticky toffee pudding. It will forever be a staple in our family from now on. Mm-hmm. Get your yeah. spotted dick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for my UK <laughs> listeners, thank you for providing us with endless giggles every time I have to go into the grocery store. Be like, where's your spotted dick? <laughs> Last year, I was looking for it, and it was so busy in there. And I saw a guy, an older man, with it in his car. And I said, excuse me, where'd you get your spotted dick? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's just over right in front of the custard. I'm <laughs> like, great. <laughs> Oh, good. Spotted dick with the cream. That's nice. With the custard, yeah. Yeah, right across <laughs> from it. Great. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know what spotted dick is, it's it's a cake. It's a cake. Yeah. They call them puddings here. It's just a cake. It's just a, it's just a cake dessert that you can have, I guess, people. Yeah. I don't know where. But it's called uh, Like, what's dick. with the name? That's what I'd like to know where that came from. I don't know. So the UK has weird names for everything that make me giggle. Yeah. Like, um, remember when we went to the NFL game with my friend Kim and she saw the cock flavored soup? <laughs> <laughs> And she took a picture of it, and it didn't even, like, phase me, because I was like, this is stuff I see all the time. But she was like, ha, cock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Everything, a lot of it has cock in it. (laughs) Cock fosters. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Coxwold. Coxwold. There's an electric company, or electric, electrician that had something now, I can't remember, but... Yeah. yeah, they like yeah. Um, they like dicks. Oh, they like dicks. Yes. Also, they don't call it like construction companies. Are they like erections? Yes. <laughs> yeah, erections or what they call what do they call them? Uh, I don't. Some it, there's erections in it. <laughs> yeah. In it. And yeah, that one always gets me. Tells like erections. <laughs> Professional erectors. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, UK, for providing such awesome humor for us. <laughs> yeah. We can't say fanny pack because it means cooter. Yeah. God forbid. How did, I didn't know yeah. that for my whole life. I used to use fanny packs. Yeah. Never once. Yeah. Didn't know. I found, I found out because when we were in Belgium, when the receptionist where I worked at, she is British. And I said something. She's like, oh, yeah, you can't say that word. And I was like, what, fanny pack? And she's like, yeah, fanny means something different mm-hmm. in in the UK. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's weird. They call them bum bags, even though they go technically they go over your fanny. <laughs> yes, that's why they're called fanny pack. Now I like, now I get the whole reference. It makes sense, but yeah, let me call it a fanny pack because it is. It's a pack over my fanny, so. Over my fanny. There. <laughs> yeah. Bum bags, your butt. <laughs> All right, Jen, that's enough. That's enough nonsense. That's enough rambling now. Too long. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Any closing remarks from you? We made it to December, guys. 2020 is almost over. <gasps> you Great. guys. Brace yourself for 2021. Brace yourselves. What shit show that will be. Yeah, we don't know what's what's coming. So uh, just be ready. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Again, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, ideas, topics, stories, secrets, recipes, you can email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, again, please rate us on your listening platforms. It helps out a lot. Um, and that's all. Jen's going to go to bed. She's ready. I'm going to go start my day. And you, I hope you're having a wonderful day to your listener because wherever you go, there you are. Goodbye.